This podcast is a ministry of Christian Life Center in Berwyn, Illinois. Our goal is to create a real faith for the real world, and we hope this helps you grow. For more information at Christian Life Center, visit us at our website, www.berwynag.org. Thank you. I believe that if tornadic winds blew for 10 billion years across a junkyard, in fact, if they blew across every junkyard, I believe that there is no way that those jumbled parts all spinning around in the tornadic winds for 10 billion years would ever pop out onto the ground an E-Class Mercedes. I do not believe that's possible. But if it was, I believe that if that E-Class Mercedes was struck by lightning for 30 days in a row, that it would not come to life in transformer-like fashion. But if it did, I believe that that animated E-class Mercedes made out of a junkyard and billions of years of winds would never evolve a brain intelligent enough to create a skyscraper or cure a disease. I do not believe that that's possible. But some people believe things like that, don't they? But even if that's what happened, I do not believe that that could possibly happen without divine orchestration. I think that in itself would be a testament to divine orchestration. I want to talk today about the divine orchestrator. What seems to be plain truth to me evidently is missed by many people. That the God who created us, created us not out of leftover parts in a junkyard, but out of nothing. The Bible teaches that God spoke, and where there was nothing, suddenly there was everything. That the power of his word was able to not only create, but sustain a world that could be inhabited by people who are created in his image. Somehow I believe that God has even created a back door through which that he can reach his hand into the world that we live in, and he can manipulate things like deflated discs and other things that, that need miracles. And God has somehow created a back door, even though Apple doesn't want to create one for the government. Have you heard that? But, but, but God left a back door in so he could come in and, and, and do signs and wonders and wow the physicians and make amazing things happen. I believe that. I believe that what we see around us is no accident. In fact, I believe that you are the handiwork of God. I believe that everything that we are and all that has happened is the result of a God who is a divine orchestrator. Let me read this passage of Scripture from Romans 8, 28 down through 39. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. 
And those He predestined, He also called. And those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also along with Him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Life is like a symphony. It is woven together all the various parts and who we are is the sum total of all those parts that are woven together. We sit here or stand here this this morning recognizing that we are not self-made. It would be the height of arrogance to say that I'm a self-made individual. I am the product of Jack and Marilyn who who, uh, uh, brought me into this world. I am the prayer product of my grandma Vi who prayed for my soul to be saved. I am the product of the teaching of Pastor Walter Peterson in Homewood, Illinois. I am the product of so many various people who touched my life along the way. Just as you are. Each of us are, are existentially, each of us are, in, to one extent or another, we are people who have been touched and formed and shaped and, and, and we are what we are today based on all the different people who have put into our life. We should thank God for every person who's led us down the road towards Jesus, right? Or who's helped us to be mature and to grow or to be discipled and to learn some things about Jesus. We should thank God for those people. The Scripture says that we should be giving thanks for them all the time. Uh, I thank God for the people who led me to the Lord, who, who, who still to this day I, I pray and thank God for, for the, the simple conversation that led me to Jesus. We are the product of all those things. I I read not long ago a book by Dr. Phil. I know, it sounds suspect, but it wasn't. It was actually a very good book. At the end of each chapter, there was a list of things that you were supposed to to list, the 10 most important people in your life, the uh, 21, I think one of them was 21, a list of 21 things. I can't even think of 21 things, you know. A list of 21 things that that, uh, shaped who you are. And and so in kind of like that, I tried to, to come up with three things that impacted my life. Three things that added to who I am. In fact, in, in fact, I looking over that this morning, I realized that I left off my birth. My birth is important. I wouldn't be who where I am if I wasn't born, right? So, but that, that's a kind of a given. But, uh, but I, so I, I, I thought of, you know, uh, the death of my father was a, a crucial moment in my life. And the, my life after that turned a, a different, and because of the death of my father, everything in my life radically changed and, and demonstrated to me a real need. The, 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 the coming to Jesus was, was a really important moment in my life, and my life radically, obviously, changed 
from that moment on in, in my life. And so, uh, and then I, I think about the, you know, marrying my wife is obviously uh, one of the biggest mistakes, I mean, one of the biggest things, <laughs> blessings that I ever, I ever had in my life and it changed me and radically transformed, you know, who I am and, and the way I think of, about things. And so, but it's hard to define ourselves by just simply three things. And uh, Pink Floyd said, all in all, it's just another brick in the wall. That's an existentialist philosophy put to music, you know. And so if you think of that, that, that's saying that we are all building a wall of some sort. Sometimes keep people out, sometimes keep people in. We're all building a wall, and every little thing that happens to us is another brick in that wall. It just adds to who we are. We are, we are ourselves either walled in or walled out, or maybe we're just the wall. But whatever, we are, we are people who are being built brick by brick, line upon line, precept upon precept, who we are by the people who impact our life. In fact, our life is symphonic in the sense that all these different people uh, came together. I, I don't know, for some of you, it may not be complicated like your, your genealogy. Maybe you, you, have a, maybe you have a really clean genealogy. Uh, my children don't have a really clean genealogy I'm, uh, you know, three-quarters Swedish and one-quarter German. My wife is uh, a little of everything. And uh, we thought she was Irish, and now we're beginning to think that some part in there was Scottish, and, and so we don't know that. And so uh, they can't, and often like, just like that, you know, you live your life. You don't, maybe you don't give a lot of... Uh, props to your Navajo ancestors or, or whoever, whatever's in your genealogy, but those people affected you to some degree or another. You, you find that out when you go in and get blood work done and they, and they uh, ask you your health history and your parents' health history and things like that. We are a, a, a symphony of all the things that have been woven together in our life. And if we recognize that, we recognize that that the Bible teaches that, that there is a divine orchestrator over our life. Now, when we, I saw a little cartoon this week, talked about the, the leader of the orchestra, and it said, it was like looking over his shoulder at just the little, you know, the little music stand, and it said in really big letters on there, it said, um, wave the stick, and when the music stops, bow. And, so, and that's kind of the way we kind of think of, of the music director. He's just like... And when the music stops, he just turns around and he bows. Now, that's, a, that's all we see. But clearly, these people are highly esteemed and very educated, and there must be more to their, their purpose. So I began to kind of look at the things they do, and I realized that they, they are the ones that select the music. And they are the ones who select the people who will be in the symphony. And they are the ones who will choose who's going to be a violin player and who's going to be the first violin player who's going to be the lead violin player. And so they, they choose, they, they, they adjust these things. And each of these things is, kind of shapes the way people connect together. And, 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 and you see that they, they set the practice times. They, they orchestrate the, 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 the halls. And they get, they get all those things together, bring it all together. So really the littlest thing they do is wave that little stick up there at the beginning of of the, con of the concert of, of, up in the, in the orchestra. Really what they do, they do is, is, is much more behind the scenes. If you, if you don't believe me, go to the junior high where, and ask the music director who's trying to direct the junior high music, uh, musical orchestra. And he will tell you the, la the easiest thing he does is wave that stick. 
all those practices, screaming at those kids, trying to get them all to play the right notes at the right time, get the timing down to understand how it's all supposed that's, that's what the orchestrator does. And similarly, we don't give our, give our God very much attention as far as we kind of see him a little bit like that. that he's, yes, he's kind of waving his hand and, and keeping time and, and showing everybody where the downbeat is, but, but, but we, don't give his, we don't give much attention to that. The Bible says that every person is being orchestrated. Now, if you just think about how hard it would be to... Some of, you, some of you have kids, you understand how hard it is to put your church schedule together on the same calendar as your kid's soccer schedule as, and, and the baseball schedule and why do basketball and hockey have similar time? And you're trying to put all that together so see what your kids can do. That's just one person. But imagine if you were God and you were putting together your life, all the people who would talk to you wherever you're found, wherever you end up. Now, a lot of the things that happen to us that make us who we are are things that that God caused, right? That we didn't, like, like in my top three, the, you know, I didn't, I didn't kill my dad, so his death affected me in a sense, but it wasn't anything I had control over. It was, you know, he had a heart attack. He wasn't murdered. I don't want anybody to think he was murdered. He, he had a heart attack, and so, but it, 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 it changed my life, really, forever. But his, his, it's not something I had my hand in. In fact, it was completely out. If I would have said, no, God, don't take him, it would have still happened, right? There's other things that happen in our lives, some things that are completely out of our control, but some things that are in our control, like uh, being lined up and heading off to county uh, jail. You know, that wasn't God's problem. That was my problem. I, you know, that, I remember that day, and I wasn't blaming God for that. And I wasn't going in there for ministry with Wayne. I was going in there for another reason. And, and I remember, the, I remember the, that, those, that, that, that that day, I remember that. And that, that was all on me. Some things God allows to happen. Some things God uses. And we spend a lot of time trying to figure out where the sovereignty of God ends and where human, human activity begins. Try to, try to figure that all theologically because we're kind of we're petulant children. We want to know who to blame for everything that happens. I'm asking us to step a full step back and not look and see who's in charge of those things, but to accept the fact that there is a God who's orchestrating the facts and the things that are happening in your life, and he's making things happen. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We know that all things work together for good. That is difficult to accept sometimes, but that is is necessary for us to go. In Psalm uh, 27, he says, I would have despaired... The psalmist says, I would have despaired, except I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living again. I would have despaired, but I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So what saved him from the depression that would be all of our depression is is believing that God is working something in and through the world that we live in. If, If you think about how important people are, Realize that the gospel was shared with all of the Gentiles, and, they, and all the Gentiles were, have received the gospel uh, message because of one man. Do you know who that one man is? 
No, all the God, all them because of one man, one man's actions. Go ahead. Abraham, well, certainly in the sense of the promise, but I'm talking about their physical actions. Paul, right? You, Paul, you could say, but but Paul wouldn't even been received by the church if it wasn't for Barnabas. Remember, Paul came to the Lord. Nobody wanted to hang out with Paul. Nobody wanted to disciple him, right? So Barnabas, and we don't. Nobody thinks about Barnabas. He kind of just shows up in a couple pages of Scripture, and then he disappears, and nobody goes, man, thank God for Barnabas. But without Barnabas, there'd be no Paul, no Paul preaching to Gentiles, no salvation for the likes of you and me. We would all be lost pagans. So we often don't recognize the, the, the way things are woven together in our world. Yet there is a God who is, who is the orchestrator. He's chosen the people to be in the play of your life. He's chosen you to work where you work. Now, I may not, you may not work there forever, but he's chosen you to be where you're going to be this afternoon. He's, you're, you're not even here by happenstance. God know, knew you were going to come here, and when he got here, you might have been surprised, but God's not surprised at all. God knows exactly where you are. And sometimes the, the most obvious question is the question we never ask. Why am I here? Why am I in this place at this time? What, have, what am I supposed to be doing? We need to recognize that there's a God who is orchestrating all this on our behalf so that it would work out for his honor and for his glory. The scripture says that God's purpose and plan in us is so that he can, he can orchestrate all this stuff for his honor and glory, so that he can get glory. So this is everyone who loves him and is called according to his purpose. God operates with a, a timeless vision of the future. So he sees that there is, there is there, he sees beyond time. And he knows beforehand, that's what foreknew means, he knows beforehand all those that will come to know Jesus. And he determined beforehand, that's, that's what beforehand, that's what predestined means. He determined that everyone who would come to know Jesus would look exactly the same when God was done with them. They would be conformed into the image of Christ. And likewise, they would be justified and glorified. All those that God knew in advance were going to have this, that God knew all this and he was working all this. And so because he knew it in advance, he's been orchestrating stuff in your life. That's hard for us to grasp a hold of. And we usually end to one error or the other, that it's all God or it's all us. In the reality, it's, it's a conglomeration that only God can sort out. And so we just have to walk in trust and believe that God is, in his purpose, bringing us to this place where we can live a life that will glorify him, acknowledging that he's the one who's been putting those things together. In Romans chapter 8, he says that, that if God be for us, who can be against us? And it would be helpful to know that in the Greek, if and since are the same word. So if God be for us, who can be against us? It may leave a little bit of doubt as whether or not if God is for us. But it could just as easily be translated, since God is for us, who can be against us? Who can, who can challenge us? Who can condemn us? Who can accuse us? Who can do any of that since the, the risen Christ is the one who sits at the right hand of God the Father and makes daily intercession on behalf of you and I? This God in heaven is orchestrating the things in your life. 
We don't live our life with a constant awareness that the orchestra leader is, is working them. But if we, if we acknowledge that, we, we have to get to the point where we recognize there's a purpose and a plan for the things that are happening right now. There's a purpose and a plan for the things that are happening in our life right now. And, and not only are we the people who, who have been uh, chosen to be blessed so that God could bring people into our life, God is also putting us in other people's lives. So God is orchestrating this giant network of ministry to and from. You see, this is so much more complicated than we get at the beginning. It's so the greatness of God is so amazing that, that this one would speak to us and that one would share a scripture with us and this one would, would sit down and give us a teaching and that one would hand us a book and that one would just point to that church and, and, this, and the different things that move and shape our lives and God is orchestrating those things in our lives so that we can either be ministered to or be ministering outwardly to others around us. He says in the scripture, he says, so in all these things, he said that we're going through all these, all these accusations, all these things, these these. these, these uh, these challenges to our faith, he says, and all these things, we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. We're more than conquerors because, number one, we are the conquered. His love conquered our heart. We are following Jesus because he came in, he whipped that old sin man to death, and then allowed us to, to have partake in his righteousness. And so we, have, we are the conquered, but we are more than conquerors in that nothing can stand against us since it is that Christ is on our side. Since it is that Jesus is for us. Since it is that, that we are the people who are walking with Christ. Since that is the case, then 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 no accusation, no condemnation, no, no, uh, no, no, nothing that comes against us sticks to us. We are Teflon. Did you used to say that when you were a kid? I am Teflon, you are glue. Whatever you say slips off of me and sticks to you. You used to say that, no? Yeah. Rubber. No. You're obviously older than me. I had Teflon. <laughs> Teflon. Someone explain to the old people what Teflon... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Teflon. It just sticks and hits us and slides right off. There's no way possible for it to stick to us because God in His great mercy has reached out to us and changed our lives radically so that we are the people who now recognize that there is this God up above us that's orchestrating. And He has put the right people in the right place and He's given them the right word to speak to us. When someone comes up to me, whether they're a nutcase or a two-year-old or, or a theologian, makes no difference, and they say, I have a, a word from God for you, I listen. I used to not listen. I used to just say, that guy's nuts. I'm being honest. Remember a guy stopped by the church, and he talked to me about revival. This was amazing. Just stopped by I was in, we were in Cicero at the time. He stopped by and he said, uh, you're the pastor here? I said, yeah. And I thought he was wanted money. So right away I'm thinking, how much can I give this guy and not you know, defile my character? So I had decided I was going to give him $5. And he came in and he, he said, you know, uh, Cicero was a place of great revival years ago. And we began, to, we sat down and we started talking. We talked for two hours about the revival that happened in Cicero. At that time, Cicero uh, owned part of Oak Park as well. And so we talked about the, the revival that happened in Cicero and how at some point 
Um, the guy who was in charge of revival, Lord, help me, what's his name? He moved up to Zion. Alexander Dowie. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And uh, uh, Alexander Dowie had a great ministry, and there was miracles happening in, in Cicero. And Alexander Dowie kind of slipped off the, the radar for a little bit and kind of missed out with God a little bit, and he moved his ministry up to Zion, Illinois, where they purchased a bunch of property. Then they sold at least homes to people there for 99 years because uh, the, they believed that the coming of the Lord was going to happen, and because he kind of he, he, he slipped out of the will of God, the, the revival that happened in Cicero completely stopped. And that is the year that Alfonso Capone was born. That when the, 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 the place was vacated spiritually, that evil found a way to come in in that place. That, that's pretty, pretty good from a nut, isn't it? That's pretty, that's pretty interesting stuff from a, from a guy who was kind of, I mean, it was much more detailed than that. But you start thinking, maybe not, maybe not all the nutty people are really nuts, right? Little kids sometimes will come up and say things to me that are deeply profound. Just say, just speak things like the way they see them. Oh, I don't think that's right. And you want to say, well, you know, yeah, I think you're right. That is, <laughs> you're probably right. You know, you're probably seeing things a lot clearer than I am. I'm, I have all these excuses why it would happen, but you're probably right. That's not right. And so we discount that. Why, why did God direct that person there? Why did God bring this person here? Why did God speak that word through that little child? Why, why did God? Why does God do anything? Why, why do you work where you work? Why are you standing on the bus stop with that person that you stand on the bus stop with? Why are you seated in the desk next to that person that you're, who's in the next desk? Why? Why? Don't, don't go through your life without asking the question, why? What is it, God, that you want me to do here? If God indeed is orchestrating everything for our good. See, we want to take all the blessings. Oh, God works good in my life, so we want to take the blessings, but there's also responsibilities. We want to take the blessings, but we don't even sometimes don't even want the blessings. We try to leave God out of it. Just leave God out of it. Doesn't it seem sometimes like a, it just complicates it? Take politics, for instance. Politics, you just go thumbs up or thumbs down on any one of the knuckleheads that's running for president, right? You can pick a, pick a goof and you can just vote for him. One, 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 but now you're a Christian. You've got to answer to God for the vote. Right. Uh, Lord, this guy looks good, but I don't know. That guy looks good. She, I don't, you know. So, you're, so you're, you go before the Lord with these things. Sometimes you just want to say, leave God out of it. But you can't leave God out of it because God said he would orchestrate all these things. I know a guy who said when Scalia died this week, God has forsaken America. There's sometimes people say things and they spark something in me and I'm like, I don't know, that, put that in your pipe and smoke it, okay, later on today, that, that God has forsaken America. I know one person God hasn't forsaken, me. And I live in America, so there's some obligation that he has to me in America. Because he... He said he would work for my good. He's orchestrating all this stuff in our lives. And we are walking around more clueless than some of the people who are without God. Some people see things that we don't see. Some people, 
We are supposed to be people who live underneath the orchestration. Someone would say, well, if the orchestra leader, my, my son Seth said, if the orchestra leader stops moving his hand, the, the, the concert stops. That's not really true. That's what we like to think. But it's not really true. Because they've practiced it so much to get it perfect that you could poke out all their eyes and they would still play perfectly on time because they're musicians. Really. I'm not suggesting it, but you could, you could blindfold them all, let's say. Let's not make it so bloody. You could bl blindfold them all. And I always, I always go for the gore, you know, that's me. You could, you could blindfold them all and let them, let them play. They would play perfectly because now there may be times when they wonder, is this spot? And there's people who have limited roles in our life, and people who have great roles. You ever see the guy, you ever go to the orchestra? I mean, the, like this, you should go see the symphony sometime. I don't, I got all dressed up and went to the symphony. I found out my wife and I are the only people dressed up for the symphony anymore. No one else dressed up for the symphony. So you can go, not jeans, but you could go with a sweater or something like so Just warning you if you go. But anyway, so we, we, went, we went down there, and there's a guy, you know, he's got the two big mallets, and he stands by the kettle drums, the big, you know, bronzish brass things there over in the corner. And he's standing there, and he just turns the page while the, the orchestra is playing, and the guy in the front is waving, you know, and, and you know, looks like a NASCAR event up there, and, and, and the guy, in the, he's just turning the page as they kind of go through the score, moving through the score, then comes his time, and you see him, you can see, I kind of watch those guys, because they, they get limited action, you know, the limited action guys, you can kind of watch, right, isn't that true, Jess, right, you work there, right, so, you know, so this guy, limited action guy, he doesn't get much props, but it's, uh, he has an important part. Because the, the, the crescendo, there's a crescendo and the, the orchestrator bringing it out, more woodwinds, we need more brass, bring it all up, and then it cut, and then the, the kettle drum dude, boom, 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 boom. That's all he does. He's done. He's on his phone ordering sandwiches. He's like, Hey, I'm almost out of here. I got one more bum, 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 brrr, and then I'm done. I'm out of here. That, you, may, you may be that guy in somebody's life. The orchestra is just working. You may be the guy who at one moment in his life just bum, 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 bum. You need to know Jesus. They're going to go, what? As they're driving by. Who knows what your role is in somebody's life? But you are a part of the divine orchestration just in the same way that you anticipate someone else might be part of the divine orchestration in your life. You are a part of the divine orchestration in somebody else's life. And God is moving. He is, he's done all the work. He's worked all the things. There are people who are speaking and helping and working alongside of you. And you have to know where you fit in. And you have to kind of listen to the voice. And you have to hear what's happening in your life. Or you can go through life, you know, with your hands over your eyes and your fingers in your ears and not seeing what's happening in the realm of the Spirit. Only seeing what's happening in the natural realm. But God is orchestrating things in your life. You know that, you know that to be true because sometimes it's so plain, it like hits you and you're like, wow, that's so crazy that that guy would just stop me on the street and say, the Lord has a word for you. Now, of course... That's pretty simple. But sometimes it's a little more subtle. Sometimes it's not the kettle drum. Sometimes it's just a ding on a, on a triangle. Do they still play triangles in this? Yeah. It's just a, I have to ask. I got a pro. So they, they just played a ding, one ding on the triangle. 
But it's just the thing that moves you along. Sometimes it's a zing, sometimes it's a dong, sometimes you're a ding dong. <laughs> so you have, to be, you have to recognize that God has a purpose and a plan, and the orchestrator of all of life is making the world, the world that we know it, work together for your good. I'm trying to expand our vision of God. I want you to, to not just say, oh, I trust Jesus. I want you to recognize that you have, there's more to understand. That God is so intricately weaving together our lives that we should be paying attention the whole day long. All the time we should be looking for, we should be listening for what God is doing. When someone says, uh, when you hear someone coughing, or you, someone's, so, you, someone's, uh, uh, says that their uncle is sick, Maybe you should pray for their uncle. Maybe that's a, a sign. Maybe, maybe that person is too ashamed to ask for prayer. I talked to somebody recently who was talking about a friend that was so hard-hearted they didn't want to hear anything about God. But they kept talking to him and talking to him. And eventually, on one undescript day, they just opened up their life. And it was, it was obvious that they needed God. See, sometimes we're just so thick-headed that God has to pound on us, right? Just pound on us. God has more than we can possibly understand. So, so if, we, if we recognize that God's purpose and love is at work in our life, then we can understand and say with confidence that it doesn't make any difference whether demons come into the church or Gestapo come into the church, or whether your past is bad, or whether you fear for your future, neither height nor depth, neither angels nor demons, neither things present nor things future, right? No, in all these things, you're more than conquerors. You're more than conquerors. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. When you face the world this week, I want you to look at that and acknowledge in your own way the way to see God, to hear God, to listen for His voice, to understand what He's trying to say, where He's trying to take us. And see if He isn't, isn't developing something on the inside, an aware, spiritual awareness of this blessing. Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope you were blessed by it. If there's anything that we can do to help you further your relationship with God, we would love to be a part of it. You can contact us through our website, www.berwinag.org. Thank you, and God bless.